Hi, this is Constance Towers, and welcome to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to a brand new edition of TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that is happy to be back with you live, so to speak, after taking the last couple of weeks off. Michael Bell will join us in our second hour. Michael Bell, one of the most prolific voice actors in film and animation over the past 40 years. We can easily fill the entire two-hour program this week listing all of Michael's credits and still only scratch the service. We'll talk about his long association with Hannah Barbera. Plus, we'll ask Michael about some of his on-screen acting credits. Among other things, he was Les Crowley, Bobby Ewing's banker, on Dallas. Michael Bell will join us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. A lot has happened over the past few weeks. We have lost quite a few icons in the world of entertainment since Thanksgiving, including Rene Abergenois of Deep Space Nine and Benson and Boston Legal, Ron Liebman of Kaz and Angels in America, Shelley Morrison of Will and Grace and the Flying Nun, and Carol Spinney, Oscar the Grouch, and Big Bird from Sesame Street. We will pay tribute to Shelley Morrison later on in this hour and to Carol Spinney in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for both of those segments. In the meantime, we will open up this segment by paying tribute to another entertainment figure who left us recently, that being Arthur Marks. Arthur Marks, the last surviving producer and director of the original Perry Mason. Arthur Marks passed away on Wednesday, November 13th at the age of 92. Except for a few weeks in 1958, Arthur Marks was behind the scenes one way or another for all nine seasons of the original Perry Mason. He was the showrunner the last five years of Perry Mason, and he directed 76 episodes of the original Perry Mason more than any other director. You might recall that Arthur Marks visited us twice on TV Confidential, once in 2015 and again in 2017. In 2015, Art paid tribute to his friend, Leonard Nimoy. Among Nimoy's many appearances in film and television before Star Trek, he played one of the suspects in the Perry Mason episode, The Case of the Shoplifter's Shoe. I understand that you knew Leonard Nimoy long before you worked together on Perry Mason. Yeah, we, we go back some distance, as a matter of fact. I think all the way to the early 50s, the middle 50s, uh, I was an assistant director at Columbia Studios, and we did a number of serials. Uh, for Senator Sam Caspin was the producer, and he casted one of the shows. I don't remember whether it was Tarzan or one of those, but I know I remember vividly working with him. I think it was Billy the Kid. He played an Indian, and we became slight friends then. And through the years, we would bump each other at the Directors Guild or some affair. And it was like old home week. We were good friends. Well, and and again, that's the wonder of both the motion picture and the TV industry because you work together for a close period of time and then you part ways because, you know, you you go to another project. But then you you can bump into each other and then you you just pick up just like it was yesterday. Well, the the interesting thing about it, Ed, is that when you went through a production, let's say the the Billy Kidd uh, serial, uh, it was very hard work and long hours, and you were together for uh, 25 days. And you got to know each other quite well. You got to know personally his problems, your problems. Uh, you rode on buses with him. You had lunch with him. 
So during those 25 days, it became a very close association. So consequently, uh, when you see each other two years later, it's like it never passed. <laughs> two years? What's two years? Yeah, yeah, or... or or maybe 52 years, but it's or like... Maybe, <laughs> maybe longer. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Now, of course, the, the Shoplifter Shoe was, was, was a special show not only because it reunited you with Leonard, but it also reunited you with Margaret O'Brien, who you worked, uh, who, who you got to know back when you were at MGM. Well, a slight, a slight addition to that. Uh, before that show, just before it, uh, Leonard did a show called Broken Arrow, and he was an Indian of that. So I, vis- I, I was the assistant director on some of those shows, not the show that he worked on, mm-hmm. but I visited the set when he was working, and I said, you see, Leonard, you always go back to what you really are. <laughs> and, anyways, the, the Perry Mason show was a delight for several reasons for me, not only with directing Leonard, but the idea of, of course, Margaret O'Brien. It so happens that when I was... Young, younger, and in those days, whatever the poem goes, I was in the production department. I worked in the production department at MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. And Margaret, of course, was a little girl then. This is now the 40s. And this is now 10, 12, what, uh, 62, I think it was, with Leonard and... Uh, uh, Margaret O'Brien. Margaret O'Brien. Yeah. And uh, so now she's a grown lady in their 30s, see? So we kind of... we I didn't know her well, of course, as a little girl, but, of course, I visited her set many times. Mm-hmm. So I told her how what a, what a joy it was to see her again and to direct her and to have her work with, you know, to work with her. We're talking to Arthur Marks. Arthur directed Leonard Nimoy in The Case of the Shoplifter Shoe, an episode of Perry Mason that also featured Margaret O'Brien. Plus, as Arthur mentioned, he knew Leonard Nimoy uh, for many years prior to that, uh, back when they worked on um, uh, serials at, at, at Columbia Pictures. Now, Shoplifter shoe, that was a good role for Leonard because, like, every suspect in Perry, he had at least one scene where he got to, you know, cross wits with Raymond and even best Raymond. Well, that, yeah, you're right. That, that, that was really the, the order of the day was to have each suspect in the part that Leonard played to have a key scene before they ever appeared in courtroom. And then, uh, you know, later on... Um, Leonard got to ham it up a little bit at, at, at the end when, um, well, okay, this is a spoiler alert for those who have not seen the show. Let, 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 yes. <laughs> and so there, actually, there, there are actually some people out there who may not have seen the Perry Mason show. But let's, let's, so I, won't, I will not give away the ending. Let's no, just, don't do that. Okay. You know, it's always a joy for people to see a show and not know the ending, you know. Okay, let's just say Leonard got to ham it up a little bit at the end. Well, let's say... Let's say uh, in the courtroom, which is a, a ardent work for a director because it's usually two or three days of filming mm-hmm. in a courtroom, and you're doing a number of pages per day. So consequently, time is of essence, setups for the camera is of essence, mm-hmm. and, and so on. So you have to rely on actors who, who are reliable. Yes. Leonard was very reliable. Uh, he could always knew his lines. He was always prepared. He was the ultimate, to me, the professional. And I understand that uh, when he made the transition from actor to director, he was one of those act. He was one of those directors. And I think you followed the same school yourself, Arthur. Where you, you, you were not an, you, Both you and Leonard were not obtrusive directors. You sort of let you know. It, you, you you came prepared, and if the actors came prepared, they sort of directed themselves. 
Yeah, as long as they were on the right track, Ed. You know, you try to hammer those out before the production starts mm -hmm. and before the actor uh, has a scene. You, you define what character he is. He gives you his feelings and what he thinks he is and what he's going and what direction. And you either agree or disagree, and you go in that direction. And generally, uh, you, you want to go with an actor. An actor brings a lot to a character, and you want to take advantage of every inch of that because it's his whole life. An actor is his whole life. So when he brings a part to, to you on the stage, you hope that all his life is in that, <laughs> in that part. But, uh, and it generally worked out that way. You mentioned some of the courtroom scenes on Perry. Uh, just in general, I, I heard in another interview from a couple of years ago, one of the actors, Steve Franken, who worked on the show, he said his recollection was because some of the courtroom scenes could run 20 or 30 pages, he, he recalled that some of the summations that Raymond had to give, those were filmed first. Was that the way it worked that you, that you remembered, or would it depend on the show? No, that's, no, no, we didn't do that first. Okay. Not, I, mean, I don't know if there was a rule to that, but generally we tried to hold back something towards the latter part of shooting of that courtroom so that there was kind of a climax to all that work. So that not only did the actors feel relaxed in doing that, but so did the crew and the atmosphere was different. Like you're building, like like you're building to something. Exactly. Well, you know that's very unusual because a lot of times things are shot out of sequence. So it's it's nice to it's it's nice it, it's if I if I'm following you correctly, it's nice to know that at least one way or another, you you, you tried to make that moment where where at least you're filming the resolution. You, you tried to make that as authentic, at least for the crew people, because that, that was your first audience. Yeah, that, that wasn't a rule that happened on every show. Yeah. But I was a producer. I could do anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you, try to, you try to utilize your setups so that if you had a full shot of the courtroom, you tried to do scenes 1, 16, and 27 at that area. So it was all lit and ready. And even though the costume machine had to be changed, you didn't have to relight a whole courtroom. So you try to knock off setups so that so that you had a coverage of that particular day. And, and that particular day we're talking about is uh, behind the scenes of the case of the shoplifter's shoe, uh, which featured Leonard Nimoy. Arthur Marks is the producer of Perry Mason, and he directed 90 episodes of Perry Mason, including the shoplifter's shoe, which featured his friend Leonard Nimoy. And, and as you mentioned earlier, it was... The, the fun, the fun thing for me, wa watching that show, knowing that you knew him, it, it makes it's just one one of the many things that makes that show special. Well, well, you know, uh, special for me because of Leonard and of course friendship, and of course of Margaret O'Brien. I mean, it was kind of a joy to me to be directing La Margaret O'Brien after being a flunky little clerk in production office at MGM many years before. But it was kind of fun because, second of all, she was a movie star to me. Yes. And she didn't have a great deal of experience in the time of the way we shot television, meaning in a, in a quicker tempo. So I was trying to, little kid gloves, more or less, trying to, you know, trying to give her every inch I could as far as time was concerned. So consequently, I tried to give her breaks between her scenes so she wasn't, in a sense, hurried. And Leonard, of course, was very helpful in, in his scenes because Leonard was a pro. Leonard was always prepared, so it was easy for with Leonard. And we oh, we kid around afterwards, you know, behind the camera and all that business. But when it comes to the camera, it was you know, it was work. We both did the, our job. Arthur Marks, producer and director of the original. 
Perry Mason sharing a few memories of Leonard Nimoy, Margaret O'Brien, and Raymond Burr from his appearance on TV Confidential back in 2015. Arthur Marks passed away this past Wednesday, November 13th at the age of 92. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Arthur Marks, join us again in February 2017 as part of our tributes to Mike Connors and Art's longtime friend, Barbara Hale. We've talked about this before. You were kind enough to talk about this for my book. Obviously, you knew Barbara very well. You spent a lot of time with her during the 10 years you made the original Perry Mason, and I know that you stayed in touch over the years. I'm very sorry for your loss. Of- yes, it's a terrible loss. Barbara was 94, I believe. A gentle, wonderful woman. Gentle, wonderful woman, and I understand not only when she when she made the series, but throughout her life. I mean, she was very upbeat, positive, uh, buoyant, loved a good joke. She was a happy gal. I think she she had a happy marriage and and children that were beautiful, and uh, life was good. Uh, she had a good attitude towards most things. It was really. I think Barbara stayed positive about even even the bad times. That is my understanding, and I've talked to, as, as, as you know, I had an opportunity to talk to quite a few actors uh, on the original Perry Mason, and they, they pointed to how supportive, Barbara was one of those actors who made guest stars feel at home. I mean, made them feel like an extended part of that professional family. Well, wherever Barbara worked, and I worked, you see, I worked with Barbara long before Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. I worked with her when she was a starlet at, uh, at RKO and then was borrowed by Columbia to do a Western, and I was assistant director on that Western. So they threw her in with these motley people. Uh, Andre <laughs> de Toth was the director, and Broderick Crawford. I mean, the roughest guys in the world. And she was always a lady and always lovely and and good actress did her job. A very good actress did her job. The proof is in the pudding. Barbara Hale won, I believe she won two Emmy Awards for a portrayal of Della Street on the original uh, CBS Perry Mason as well as the the NBC Perry Mason. Arthur Marks, he was one of the producers of the original Perry Mason. He also directed more episodes of the original Perry Mason than any other director. He's spending a few minutes talking to us about our friend Barbara Hale. You know, it's very interesting art, and I'm thinking aloud here, so bear with me. It's a, a, that's a dangerous yeah, concept. Yeah, I'm getting a little reverberation. Okay. <laughs> Maybe but, that's your heart. Yes, it is. It is my heart. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Barbara died. This this means what it means, but Barbara died within two days of Mary Tyler Moore. A lot has been talked spoken about how Mary Tyler Moore played one of the first independent women. When you think about it, Della was very much an independent person. I mean, yes, she was always working with Perry and Paul Drake, but you know, Della could handle herself in a lot of situations. Well, well, Bar- Barbara was a, was a very capable woman. I mean, she, she ran her family. As, you know, she had three kids, and she had her husband had a business, and she co-worked with him on that, and then acted in the films, and had her date book, and reviews, and 
interviews and she's a busy lady. Very busy. Very busy lady, very talented lady. A lot of people forget that Barbara originally wanted to be an artist. I mean, she went to art school and she... Uh, yeah, back in Illinois, I think, yeah. Yeah, and uh, my, my understanding is that she continued to do sketches and so forth uh, you know, throughout her life. In fact, uh, if, if I remember correctly, there was an oil painting that she did of Raymond that was used in one of the Perry Mason episodes. Well, I think that's true. Uh, she did a sketch. Uh, it wasn't a true uh, portrait. It was a sketch. I forget which, which episode that was in, but uh, it was used on, uh, on screen. Yes, it had a nice close-up, and she carried, I mean, when, when she held it to the camera, she had that loving smile. Well, you have to understand that Barbara did 100,000 courtrooms. Mm-hmm. She was always at the desk with Perry Mason. But Barbara never said a word in court. Rarely did she have a scene. Once in a while, we, we broke that up. But uh, uh, So what, she, what did she do? Her little drawer in the courtroom of the desk was full of crayons, sketch pads, notes, bubble gum, just about everything. And every so often, Ray would put a snake in there. <laughs> he would put a lizard in there. Yeah. yeah. Anyways... Uh, she was a very talented artist as well. Very talented artist, and we're very fortunate that uh, Arthur Marks, so one of the original producers of Perry Mason, is spending some time talking to us about his friend Barbara Hill. Arthur, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure, and I will just wish Barbara God love her. How are you doing otherwise? How am I doing? Yes. Well, I lost another friend today, uh, Mike Connors. That's right, Mike, who uh, was... Mannix. Ma- he, well, he, not only was Mannix, he was, but his Perry Mason connection was that... That's uh, right, and also, you see, I, I've known Mike uh, since he went to UCLA. That's, that's right, he, co- uh, he, played, uh, he played ball for Johnny Wooden. Yeah, and, and we used to play volleyball together down at State Beach. That's, I've known him a long time. Yeah. So I directed some of those, so it was fun being with him at... Uh, at an apex of his career, too. Well, it's, He's a, he was a fine man. Very, very fine, very fine man. I was fortunate to talk to him a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, and uh, he was ninety. I think ninety-one. He was ninety-one. Uh, Barbara was ninety-four. As we like to say in show business, they both had a good run. Yeah, a good run, baby. That's <laughs> what it is. Listen, we were all so fortunate to be in that era. You know. Very much so. Very, very much so, and, it's, and I think the the quality and the the results are quite apparent. And not only not only the quality and the results are, are quite apparent, Art, but the fact that your work continues to be discovered by new viewers. And I know this for a fact because Barbara told me that uh, when, when when I talked to her a couple of years ago, she said. She's now getting uh, letters saying, I'm watching the show with my grandchildren, and, and they're discovering you on, on, on Perry Mason. Ed, I hear it all the time. I hear always say, gee whiz, it's so much fun to look back on those shows, and I told all my friends and my, my kids and whatever, whatever. And so it, it'll live forever. Arthur Marks, the last surviving producer and director of the original Perry Mason, from a conversation about his friends Barbara Hale, and Mike Connors that originally aired in February 2017 on TV Confidential. Arthur Marks passed away Wednesday, November 13th at the age of 92. To say that I could not have completed my book on Perry Mason without Art's help 
and support is a vast understatement. Art's recall of events from nearly 60 years before was amazing. And having heard Art's voice again this segment, I think you'll agree that he reminded me of a leprechaun whenever he spoke, full of vim and joy. We play our conversation with Shelley Morrison next on TV Confidential. Story Salon is Los Angeles's longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. C is for celebrate. And with that in mind, our friends at Shout Factory invite you to join host Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the residents of Sesame Street, human residents and monsters alike, to celebrate 50 years of learning, laughter, and love with the release of Sesame Street 50th Anniversary Celebration, available now on DVD through Sesame Workshop and Shout Kids. Familiar faces such as Roosevelt Franklin, Don Music, Sherlock Hemlock, and the amazing Mumford join celebrity guests Nora Jones, Nile Rogers, Sterling K. Brown, Megan Trainer, Patti LaBelle, and Elvis Costello in this heartwarming look at the groundbreaking series that changed the face of children's television. Bonus features in Sesame Street 50th Anniversary Celebration includes Elmo's World Celebration and 50 Years in 50 Seconds. Sesame Street 50th Anniversary Celebration, Sesame Street 50th Anniversary Celebration, available now on DVD through Shout Kids and Sesame Workshop. For more fun and learning, go to sesamestreet.org. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing or two well, about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have, many have happened to me, many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes, Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash 
TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.